0: hello and good evening once again my name is tanko sharon and thank you for joining me on this broadcast uh, podcast on say a little prayer well today i said we we're going to talk about uh well a topic why do bad things happen but before we begin let's just say a little prayer a quick prayer Father God Almighty, I thank you for today. I thank you for bringing me to a place where my heart and my spirit be filled with new knowledge of you. Open my mind to receive these words. Open my soul so that I can accept these words and help me to live my life according as you desire. In Jesus name, I have prayed. Amen. So why do bad things happen? A lot of people ask this question. If God is God, if he's the supreme mastermind of the whole world, the whole world, and he even controls the feathers on birds, then why do bad things happen on earth? It's a loaded question, isn't it? Why, why do bad things happen on earth? But how about if we reverse it? Why don't we ask the real question? Why do we let bad things happen on earth? It's not so easy to accept when the finger is pointed at us, is it? Now that's just it. On this earth, we're in charge. We get the final say. If we roll over, bad things will happen. Terrible things will happen. That's just how it is. Well, you want to ask the question, what do you mean we're in charge? It's simple. If you look at it from God's perspective, it's really, really simple. If we go back to the book of Genesis, God put Adam in charge of the earth. His job was to maintain it and to flourish it. Now, Adam messed up. He sold us out. And then Satan got a handle on things and started to touch buttons he didn't know what to do with. Like did in Dexter's lab, if you're old enough to remember that cartoon. Messing around, creating, excuse me, messing around, creating messes and watching them amplify. Thanks to us, well, thanks to human beings. For those of us who are politically correct and want to argue that we were not there when all these things transpired. Still humans. So now you say, okay, fine. Adam sold us out to Satan. And he gave Jolio D, that's the devil, the go-ahead to nuke us. Isn't it still God's problem? Well, it wasn't God's problem then. It isn't God's problem now. It's a harsh but true reality. It's not to say that he doesn't want to help. And he did in fact help. He he, he outsmarted the devil like like a real OG. He outsmarted the devil before the devil even became the devil. He'd already prepared a countermeasure the devil probably wasn't aware of it before he fell. Do you remember in um, I believe it's Genesis one twenty, either twenty three or twenty six, where God said, "quote, um, let us make man in our own image and likeness," end quote. Well, who is Ah? I'll tell you, it's not angels. It wasn't the elders. He was talking to the Trinity. He was talking about himself. He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I wonder, has anybody ever heard of Jesus being referred to as, as the last Adam? I, I'm pretty sure that we all have. If, if we're Christians, we have. If you're not, then that is what he's referred to as the last Adam. And it, it, it has to impress you. Now, before God ever made the first Adam, he had already made the last. He had already prepared. He prepared for the eventuality. So, everything the first Adam gave away, the last Adam retrieved it for us. Now, I'm sure there was a question before. If God knew that man was going to fall, why would He make him anyway? I could get to that in a bit, but I guess let me just tell you a little bit of from my own understanding why He did such a thing. Uh, it's something that you would we would have to go deeper into, but I can give you a surface reason, an explanation from what I have made to understand, both by God and by my pastors. God wanted a family. (laughs) A lot of people scream, ta, abomination. So he is willing to sacrifice so many. God isn't willing to sacrifice any. But the thing is, he made, think about it, he made angels. He made the earth. He made animals. He made elders. He made beings, different kind of beings. And I also vehemently refuse to believe that we are the only beings in the entire galaxy, in the entire universe. So he has made beings upon beings upon beings, planets upon planets upon planets. But there was not one being in his class that could relate to him, that could understand him, that that, that could be like him. Like, he had a yearning to have a family of people just like him, you know, to understand things how he s- understood them, to see the things he saw, to create the things he created to 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 be like him, to be able to fellowship with and I believe that this is the desire that brought about the human race, but the fall was if God was ever going to create beings that were like him, they would have to fall. The reason is not because he wants them to. But because the only difference really between him and, well, not the only, but the major difference between him and every other being he created was the ability to choose. Man is the only being God created as far as we know, as far as I know, that has the ability to have free will. Without that free will, we can't be like God. Because then we can't really make honest decisions we can't choose now he pleads with us life and death choose life that you may have it more abundantly he pleads with us but he's giving us a choice this is something i'm going to talk about later much later but i just thought that maybe i should say a little bit of it right now so that you can understand maybe a little bit of the thought process that brought about the evolution of man And when I say evolution, I'm not talking of the whole ape-like man to humanoid. Those are things that, well, I have theories on, but I'm not going to discuss them. So back to the matter. Everything the last Adam gave away, the first Adam gave away, the last Adam got back for us. But the devil isn't just going to let us use it. I hope you noticed that I said use, not have. Last I checked, Jesus got it back for us. Satan doesn't have it. What he does is... I'm going to say something that may cause contention. And some of you might disagree with me. But it's it's the truth. As far as I know anyways. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But do you know that even with unbelievers, Satan can't just take... Anything he wants from them, he has to trick them. He has to convince them to give it to him, because if they don't give it, he won't be able to have it. I'm sure you guys know this theory: mind over matter, mind over matter, mind over matter, mind over matter. It's a Bible principle, actually. Yeah, because as you believe in your heart, so as a man thinks it in his heart, so is he. So, mind over matter, that's the exact same thing. This is the situation. But I'm refusing to agree with this situation. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Mind over matter. Mind over matter. Mind over matter. Satan cannot take anything from anybody who is resisting him. It's not possible. That's why he uses tricks. He uses cunning. He deceives you with such a perfect lie. That it looks like the truth. If your mind isn't sharp enough. If your spirit is not discerning enough. You will never be able to tell. That that is a lie. That's a trick. Or that's a distraction. You will fall for your hook, line and sinker. Excuse me. Satan can take anything that anybody doesn't let him take. Christian. Or non-Christian. Even the atheists. I don't want to believe in anything. But somehow managed to believe in something. (laughs) can't take anything from Anybody. Doesn't have the power. Can only deceive you into handing it to him. You think if he could take it. He wouldn't have just taken it from Adam. Of course not. He had to deceive him. He had to deceive him in a way that he would fall. I honestly don't believe Eve was his first try. I think maybe she was his last resort. But I have digressed. Satan likes to trick people into believing that he has everything that they need. Convince them that they need to hand it over to him so that they can get what they want. Meanwhile, everything they want is with them. (laughs) It's like... Like, I want a handkerchief. There's one, it's wrinkled, it's squeezed, it's squashed, it's in my pocket. I don't know that that's what I'm looking for. So Satan will come and dance to me. And say, he can give me what I'm looking for. can give me what I'm looking for. I should just hand him that rotten thing in my pocket. And I hand it to him. Hey, hey. And I'm so excited. Because at the end of the day, he gave me this small white piece of cloth and i feel like i have the power now but you don't realize that the entire cloth you gave him all he did was cut a piece of the edge for it and give it to you and then tell you that ah. but this eh? at the end of the day you're going to have to return it to me and when you return it you have to come along again not the most perfect example but it's actually accurate You have solid gold in your hand, but because it's unrefined, you go and hand it over to him, thinking that the tiny ring he gives you is the solution to all your problems. Meanwhile, you gave him every other thing. It's a deception, a very clever one. But it's a deception. And do you want to know something else that may shock you? The devil didn't come up with it. How can I say that? It's easy. The devil doesn't have a creative bone in his body, it can't think. Of anything spontaneous or original to save its life. Every trick he learned, he probably learned it from human beings. Yeah, he plants the thought. And then he watches it manifest, watches it mirth. Watches how the human beings interpret it. And says, oh, really? That's how I can do it. Then he replicates it over and over again. Satan's it? not a creative human being. Or not even a human being. It's not a creative thing. It's not a creative angel. He, he can't. If God told him today that he will forgive him and he went to heaven if he came up with one original concept, Satan for all eternity will born in the lake of fire. Because he can't. It's not his gift. God didn't give it to him. That was something that God reserved for human beings like him. Like him. It's nothing... Nothing Satan can ever, ever replicate or, or anything like that. So you have to think about it. If, if Satan can't come up with an original concept, then all these bad things that we keep blaming him for, who's our fault? So not the ones that taught him. Nothing bad can come from God. So did human beings not teach him? So he asks that question again. Why do bad things happen? I hope maybe we have a little bit of our answer now. Satan is an impressive deceiver. Just a hint of a truth somewhere. And every other thing is a lie. Every other thing. In short, even the truth is not entirely true. It's not true. there isn't any truth in him, he's the father of lies. Just makes it so close to the truth that he can sway you i give you an example with a stolen car. You own a car. You love your car. So beautiful, this car. And then one day, one big man walks in and he takes your car from you. And you want to bluster, but he's like, do you know who I am? And you know who he is. He's a big guy in, this, in the neighborhood, and you're afraid that this guy is going to s- snuff you out just like that if you make any kind of bold moves. So you sit and you be humble. But then one day, you come across some information that this big man that threatened you is the servant of the servant of the servant of your father. And that's not even the level Satan is. But let's just say, the servant of the servant of the servant of your father. And he came and did this thing to you. That's one. Two, he knew exactly who you were. But because you didn't know exactly who he was, he had the ability to do it. He didn't say anything. He, Shh, what's your reaction? I can bet you you're not going to think twice. You're going to go there with police. You're going to go put him in chains. You want him to feel that embarrassment you felt when he took that thing from you. And you could just keep quiet because you thought you didn't have the power to tell him to hand it over. You call him the thing that he is, a thief. A thief and a traitor. Because he would do that to his master. That would make him a traitor, wouldn't it? So, what's the difference between what that man, that big man does or did and what Satan does? There really isn't any. Except for the fact that Satan isn't even a servant of God. They got fired a long 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 time ago so why are we stressing over someone and feeding him ideas every single day we feed this thing new ideas and then we say we'll blame God Thats said i got everything back I mean that Saddam did get everything back for us. And you know that if he did, then technically, Genesis 1.28 would still apply. Because if we're going back to the way things were, if Jesus hit the reset button, then everything is back to Genesis. And what was Genesis one twenty eight? And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the seas, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Those living things don't include human beings, because God cannot give one human being dominion over the other. So you praying, praying, and praying, and praying that another human being will subject himself to your will. is the devil. Oh, Father, Lord God Almighty, help this man. Open his hand. Let him drop money into my hand. Let him drop money into my hand. That's not a godly prayer. That's the devil. Father, send your angels before me. Let your favor go before me so that when I step into this place, I shall be shown mercy. Hmm? Let me see your goodness in this, this thing that I'm about to do. Go before me, make my crooked path straight. That's a godly prayer. If you need help, God will send them, you don't tell Him who to send, how to send, or when to send. You just have to trust Him. Because if God knew you from the foundation of the earth, that means He's already been ready for you. I want you to consider something. He wouldn't just send you here on earth. After saying he has planned everything and you come and you find everything haphazard and you accept that it's haphazard, it's not. It's not a disaster. Everything has been planned. All your steps have been assured. Everything has been. The only difference is whether you make the choice to follow his steps, his leading, or you want to go your own way and do your own thing. He will lead you if you ask him. If you can truly, truly trust him, he would take you down that path that he had already made for you. But if you insist on doing your own thing? You can't insist on doing your own thing and then blame God. Why God? Why? You can't. It's not fair. An example, another one that I will give. You have a little nephew. You love your nephew so much you buy him a toy car. Battery-powered, with its remote control, can do whatever you want to do with it. This boy has the power in his hand to move the car. He never uses the remote control to operate the car the way he should. He drops the remote on the floor, and he plays the car with his hand, pushing it in whatever direction he wants to. And then he decides to leave it in the middle of a doorway. Now you're sitting there. It's his car. You're sitting there. You don't want to interfere because it's his toy. Now, somebody, maybe his mother, comes in, sweeps in through the doorway, and she doesn't notice the car, so she kicks it so hard, it bounces against the wall and breaks, shattered. And that little boy turns to you and starts blaming you. Why did you let it happen? It's your fault. Why did you let it happen? It's your fault. You broke my car. You broke my car. You broke my car. Is it your fault? Now you say, oh, it's just a little boy. But you gave him the remote. You showed him, you gave him the remote to control the car. You showed him the basic control methods. He could have chosen to move it. He didn't have to leave it in the doorway, even if he didn't want to use the remote control. But he left it in the doorway either ways. Is it your fault that the car broke? No, it's not your fault, right? Because it was a gift you gave to him. If you took it and started playing with it, then it's no longer his gift. It's your toy. That's the same way it is with God. He can't interfere unless you ask him to. If the boy had said, please, uncle, take, help me control it. I don't really know how to use it. Can you show me some tricks? If he had done that, and the car fault is an entirely different situation. But he didn't do that. The same way you didn't ask God for something and then everything just shot to chaos. So you can't blame God for not interfering in something that he has given you as a gift. Have dominion. That means this is your territory. I'm giving it to you. Do as you please. That is the instruction. As you please. So... We just need to take control over what God has given us control over. And we cannot keep our hands behind our backs and be looking to the skies for a solution when every single solution he has given it to us. Yes. Because when Jesus died for our sins, he died and when he rose up from when he rose up from the grave, he rose up with the intention that we if we die, we, uh, we, um, that we rise up with him. If we give our lives to him, we're dead to sin, alive in Christ. So that means that the same privileges that Jesus had here on earth, we have it too. We can speak the things that we want to see. It's another example. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I prefer to use examples to... To explain my um, my concept. Because sometimes they are easier to relate to than just an outright speaking. Most people don't understand the words if you don't give them a picture. That's not to say you don't. But it's better for clarification. We'll use Rapunzel. Everybody knows the... Um, well, I don't know if everybody knows it. But most people would know the cartoon, the animation Rapunzel. Um, the Tangled. Yeah, that's the name, Tangled. Rapunzel had a special gift. Her hair could heal any disease, cure any infirmity or whatever. Rapunzel's father was a king. Mother was a queen. Rapunzel didn't know that. This wicked witch woman locked her up in a tower, and told her that everybody just wanted to use her, to sell her. To turn her into chattel and that she was the only redemption that this girl had. So, Rapunzel believed her. Rapunzel genuinely believed her. Okay, she decided that this this was the amazing thing about it. There was a window open. That means that no matter how hard the devil tries, he can't completely seal you in. There's always an escape hatch. There was a window right there in front of her if she wanted to leave. She could have left at any time. But she didn't want to leave because she trusted so completely in the lie that that woman that she thought was her mother told her. If she was going even she didn't even need to know that the king and the queen were her parents. If she had left and she had decided that she was to go into the whole hilly business, she would have been loaded on her own. And that's another thing I should tell you. We have at least the basic gifts, even the unbelievers, to do incredible things. If we didn't, Satan would not desire so much, whether as believers or unbelievers. What he wants to do is to twist that gift to his advantage. For he cannot do that with believers unless he seals you in. He seals you in with lies. He seals you in with deceit. He doesn't let you see the truth. Because the moment you see the truth, you are far away from him. If she wanted to, she could have been anything. Okay, fine. Let's say, happy ending. She got back to the palace. She got her father. She got her mother. And she was a princess once again. Do you think... That after all these years that his majesty had missed his daughter for, that there was one thing that she would ask for. In as much as he wasn't going to cause her harm, it he wasn't going to kill her, he wouldn't have given it to her. There was nothing within his grasp under the moon and stars that he would have refused his little girl. The daughter that he hasn't seen since she was a baby up until she was, what, 60 to 18? That's years away from her. Now, if that's an animation, if that's a cartoon, not even a reality, then what of Jesus, what of God? After all your years of not knowing him, you finally give your life to Christ and you become one with God. Do you think there's anything on the sun and earth, in as much as it is not good for you, I mean, in as much as it is good for you, that he wouldn't give you? Such a thing doesn't exist. It's not gonna condemn you to a life of 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 misery, of wallowing, you say suffering, long suffering. Long suffering doesn't mean that there is no reward for you. Long suffering does it means you have to have. Mm, let me not go to inside. Let's not go to inside. We have all the power to make this world what we want it to be. And I'm not just talking about money or fame. I'm actually talking about our words, the words we speak. We've heard it a thousand times, I'm sure we're even numb to it. But we should realize that we must first focus on our immediate environment though, with our words. Yeah, you've heard it, your words, your words, your words, your words. But when we want to do things, we should focus on our immediate environment. Now, I'm saying this because we need to believe a word we speak before it can manifest. We can't use words that, uh, that, uh, that, that affect ourselves if we don't believe it. Especially not to affect the world. Now, um, let me not go too big. Let me not go into the whole concept of affecting the world. Let's start with ourselves. I think maybe this time around I'm going to use myself as an example. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give you two, two instances. The first one was one day I was in the office. I was really hungry. I looked into my bank account to see how much I had left to eat. Excuse me. I realized that ugh, it was near zeroes. That if I was going to, to survive the next two days... On the money I had in my account. Some sacrifices will have to be made. And I wanted to give an offering. But if I gave that offering. ah, I wasn't sure if those two days would work. But God asked me to trust Him. So I trusted Him. I said, I believe somehow, someway. God is just going to find a way to take care of me. I don't know how I want to do it. That's His own. But I know He's going to take care of me. I went downstairs to the caf- cafeteria. I got something to eat and then I came upstairs shortly after I arrived one of my colleagues walked into my office and then he was like um how much was the thing that how much was the meal that I bought I told him I didn't buy a meal I just bought snacks say how much I told him and he gave me three times more than I spent on my snacks same thing with my. Uh, he also he also gave to my my colleague beside me. Uh, that that was impressive. It was very shocking because I didn't expect that. Shortly after that, I got an alert on my phone. The money I was being owed had been paid back to me. Had been paid to me. God took care of me. From not knowing how I was going to survive, he found a way that. I didn't have to think about surviving. I could relax. I could actually just enjoy myself. Of course, I'm not careless with the money like that. But he he took care of me because I trusted that he would. Another example. Same instance. I went down to the canteen to get something to eat. I met a colleague there. We were talking. Now, I paid for my food. Yes. And... And I, I didn't need, let me see, how do I say this? Okay. I didn't need to believe for anything special to happen. I didn't need to believe that someone was going to take care of me or anything. Because in my mind, my belief was that God has already done it. He has given me. That's not to say that the person didn't want to pay or couldn't pay. And I didn't say he offered. But the thing is that my belief at that point in time was God has taken care of me. So now, because my hand was closed, I couldn't open to receive. If I was opening to receiving, I'm pretty sure that I would have received. May not have come from him, but it would have definitely come. Well, my belief system at that point in time was that it was already handled. So, that was the belief, and that was the result I got. Two different instances, where one I was open to receive, another one I was close to receive. I hope you can understand with those two. So, we need to start with us first, ourselves first. We need to focus, excuse me, on what we believe and how we believe it. Now, you may not think that, that belief will play a very um, important part in your Christian journey, but I'm telling you that, that that is one of the strongest weapons that you would have as a believer. And in fact, that is a believer because you have to believe. And I'm going to tell you another thing. There's not a human being alive that doesn't believe what he's saying. When you speak words, there's a belief that goes that attaches itself to it. So if you speak a lie, because you believe it's a lie, it's a lie. If you speak the truth, because you believe it's the truth, it's the truth. I'll talk about that one next week. Maybe I'll be able to explain more on that. Because the time is almost up now. So, I guess we'll have to pick this up next week. Next week, we're going to talk about faith and fear. And if there is time, why bad things happen to good people. But before we go, I'd like to say this short prayer. Father God, sweet, sweet Jesus, I know I don't always give you the appropriate attention with thanksgiving in this beautiful heart of mine. So I just want to take this time to say thank you. I haven't forgotten that thing you did for me last week. It still brings tears to my eyes. You're so sweet. So thank you. I love you. You make my heart melt. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Thank you. Amen. So until next time. Thank you for saying that short prayer with me. But until next time, goodbye.